0: Hey, and welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Delta, doing it, and Pikachu. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. Well, Ryan, we're back. Are we? I don't know. And the funny thing is, we never really left when you think about it.
1: Yeah, we were recording episodes and just not releasing them. When you (laughs) think about it, if you believe it as a listener,
0: Tony, that we weren't releasing podcasts for the past three-ish months, you're actually wrong.
1: Yeah, that's kind of on you.
0: It's on you, and shame on you, actually, for suggesting that we haven't been releasing episode after episode, week after week, throughout the summer months of the year. Uh, and that, my friends, is gaslighting. <laughs> uh,
1: no, but seriously, thank you all for reaching out. Like, there's— there's oh, a- every day. Thank you for reaching out on every Instagram post. I'm like, I found this weird phone. You
0: guys are like, okay, but when's the podcast coming back?
1: My DMs are just like a list of people telling me that my opinions are wrong or that I need to have a podcast again. They're like, I fucking hate your ideas and opinions. And if I don't hear them every
0: week, I'm going to be very (laughs) upset. Uh, No. So listen, so we should have, now here's the big mistake is that we didn't really, I should, we should have released like a snippet episode just to be like we're taking a break because it's the summer and there's a ton of stuff going on we didn't do that
1: anything that should tell people where we were at that's right (laughs) i had a surgery that the recovery was a lot harder than we had planned on, and I had a death in the family, and then I had a bunch of stuff uh, and other stuff in my family's personal life, and it was – when I say that we took a break out of necessity, it it should speak volumes that we yes. didn't even release a clip explaining that.
0: Yeah, and I – of course, I had nothing going on. Um, no, but I was uh, – we were knee-deep in, in doing the Gawker relaunch. I was uh, working on that, like uh, – and it was very – time constrained we had to you know we had a we had a date in mind we wanted to hit it and there's just like a lot of crazy stuff going on uh also I have a family we took a vacation which is uh an unusual event for me of course we launched Gawker in the middle of my vacation which is exactly (laughs) how things should be I believe in the world uh yeah so it was just a crazy it's been a crazy few months and I think we needed a break uh and I apologize to Tony uh and Tony's extended family for not uh putting up uh you know I actually don't apologize you know Tony you know you just it's uh, what do I I don't owe you an apology yeah maybe I do actually okay do. I, I I'm I'm going back to the apology I was like why should I apologize and I was like maybe I should apologize and this is uh basically that's what my brain is doing all day long um anyhow so we're so we're back we are I think re-energized I feel like a break was very good I think You know, we had some – I thought we had some very fun episodes, particularly some of the ones where we had guests on recently, which, you know, we'll do more of. But also, I think we were a little bit – I mean, Ryan and I have talked a lot over the years. I think we were like – we needed a little bit of a break from the the conversation.
1: It's like when people – Say to me, you let John go on vacations by himself. It's like I encourage him. Something else to talk about would be great. <laughs> like oh I spend God. every no, hour like, of every day around this man. If he wants to go wander yeah. around Seattle for a week, Mazel.
0: <laughs> wow. No, Laura's like, I, re- I really want you to leave the house. Like she's <laughs> like, I just you need to go. I'm like, well, the uh, you know, I w- you know, we can go back some days to the office and. She's like, yeah, you need to like leave. Like it's very definitely, it's definitely, I mean, listen, the, the the pandemic has changed the dynamic, right? I used to go in to the city most days of the week. So I'd go like four out of five days of the week. I, I usually I'd work from home on Fridays. And now, I mean, it's rare that I go in and I, I personally love it. Like, I don't, I don't like commuting. It's a huge waste of time in my opinion. And uh, I think I get a lot more done when I can just sit and focus because I have bad ADD diagnosed attention deficit disorder. But um, but it's also true that it's like, you know, we've been doing this pandemic dance for a long time now. We're like – we're going on two years pretty <laughs> On soon. our last episode, we were like,
1: the vaccines are here. It's all fine.
0: We're like, yeah, the vaccines are rolling out. I mean, I did go back and listen to the last episode and I was making fun of Republicans who wouldn't take the vaccine. And, you know, what an irony. They owned you, it seems. <laughs> I mean, the libs have truly been owned by Republicans and anti-vaxxers basically ruining – the recovery the american recovery from the pandemic biological
1: Uh, warfare against america by the right way (laughs) i mean it's just like it's truly incredible i don't want to dwell
0: a lot on this because there's a lot of stuff to talk about but i think it's worth commenting that at the start of when we when we at the start of the summer when we were like we did our last episode i think it was released on april 26 or something so we were going in well so a little bit before the start of summer but close um you know we were like yeah, vaccines are rolling out. People are getting them. I was like, man, uh, you know, Clubhouse is going to die, which I think it has anyhow. But I mean, uh, the, the app, the talking app. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but you know, we there was a moment, uh, Jake Kleinman, who uh, is one of the editors at Inverse, tweeted about this. He's like, I'll never forget the one month I could go into a Dunkin' Donuts without my mask on. <laughs> and it, it's true. There was like a moment where it was like, hey, wait a second. It's going to be back to normal. And, uh, and then, you know, people didn't get the vaccine who needed to get it. And now there's counties in Florida where, uh, the largest majority of people being diagnosed with and being hospitalized for COVID are like children because the Delta variant is much more aggressive and nobody's vaccinated and kids can't be vaccinated. Kids like between, you know, five and 11 now or whatever the age range is. And so it's like. It's 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 really crazy. I mean, Florida's like the death toll is off the charts. It's high, the highest it's ever been. The South is absolutely ablaze in terms of infection and deaths, uh, and it's creeping up north. You know, and it's like it's not it's not a mystery.
1: Five thousand New Yorkers a day get Delta.
0: Yeah, and it's not it's not a mystery. It's it's this is happening because people didn't get vaccinated. I mean, here's been- the
1: here's the thing. My mom, my, my my brother moved to Florida and he's moved back and he's moving back again. It's this whole thing. My parents keep talking about how they want to move to Florida. And I'm like, guys, y- y- they used to treat their tap water with liquid oxygen. But now they need the liquid oxygen yeah. to give to people because they don't have any other oxygen. So now they're treating their tap water with bleach and telling people to use as little of it as possible. That's that's the state of Florida.
0: I mean, we have, the, we have like basically one of the few countries in the world where the vaccines were readily available for any citizen who – basically any citizen of age who wanted it and, and other countries were looking at us, I'm sure – I'm sure they are looking at us in horror as like there's burns through their populations and they can't literally get the vaccine and we're like, oh, yeah, no, we're good actually. We don't – people are like, yeah, we're fine. Throw it like, out. We don't need your vaccine. We've got – A miracle? we've got horse we've got horse tranquilizers or whatever i don't need a miracle no stinking miracle science i think it's great i don't want to be a downer but you know shit's real fucked up i mean you know it's (laughs) it's there's a real it's not great better (laughs) it's not great i mean i just think i just want people to i just want this to stop i just don't we all want it to stop and like I can't understand, I truly cannot get in the frame of mind where this, whether it's a political opinion or a fear or a a lack of knowledge about a vaccine, at this point when you know, when you see the data, it's everywhere, and when people around you are getting it and not getting sick and not dying, and the people who aren't getting it are, that you wouldn't just go, you know what, all right, I'm just going to do it because- I'd like life to go back to normal. Like, do people like this? I'm trying to figure out like do Republicans like this? Yes. I
1: think they actually do. Is that the do. deal?
0: I think they actually do. <clears throat> why? Why do they it's, like it? It's do you know what? Put me inside the mind of, of the of a Republican.
1: Uh, multiple things. One, it's maximally disruptive and then they get to blame and resent people for it. Um so like every time there's a mask mandate, every time we're told like we have to do this or this is happening, they can blame Joe Biden, the government, the liberals, everyone who's saying that COVID's a big deal because, quote unquote, it's really the flu. Like, they enjoy that. They also hate poor people. So any amount of suffering is great Mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it's like that John Taffer clip that made the rounds on Twitter where he was like, you know how I feel about the poor (laughs) in the military when they train dogs? They don't feed them because a hungry dog is an obedient dog. (laughs) Yeah, that's how they feel about us, and, and um, uh, it's and weird. I think they see this, and I think honestly, I mean, if you're a super rich, if you're super rich and you're like running the party, um, uh, brainwashing machine, yeah, you know, you you're you're not really being affected by any of this because no, you yeah. can be everyone you can see can be vaccinated or tested, right. and you can hide, um, and it's there, it's the people on the ground who are dying in their bed begging oh can i have the vaccine now
0: yeah no i mean it's 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 dark and and it's and it's deranged and i mean look i, I we don't have to dwell on this because everybody's actually living this right now i know and and
1: uh it's worth you know, mentioning though
0: no it is worth mentioning and from you know i'll say on a personal on a personal note I just remembered. I just remembered Andrew Cuomo by the way. Like who was very popular the last time we did this podcast. I'm pretty sure in like April people were still like Cuomo's we have to talk about that but 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 first I just ha- want to say like
1: happy to have this podcast as a living record that I never liked Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> you know it's true.
0: It is true. You 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 were always uh a uh you were a always Cuom- you were always Cuomophobic. <laughs> I hope I just coined that. Uh, you, you, had, you actually put out a lot of quomophobia at the time, <laughs> and I think you were right on. Um, the the but but personal opinion, uh, and on on a personal note, like I feel totally safe being vaccinated. Like I feel like even if I get sick, I'm not going to die. Like what has, what is what is proven is that yes, people are getting there are some breakthrough infections. It is possible to get uh coronavirus. If you've been vaccinated, but the effects are, are tremendously lessened, right? They're just way, it just, it doesn't, it can't attack your body the way it does. If you are not vaccinated, but I have a kid and right now I have a seven-year-old and right now, seven-year-olds can't be vaccinated. And so I live in just total fucking fear because I understand that kids don't get as sick. And I understand that kids don't get it as easily. Even Delta, which is much more aggressive. It still typically is you know, the majority of infections aren't, even though in some places in Florida, that's not the case. The majority of infections aren't children. But uh, I'm not trying to play with being the edge case, you know, like I'm not trying to like put my kid on a fucking chopping block and be like, well, we'll roll the dice. You know, I understand there are dangers in life, right? There are things that you do. We drive in the car and cars are dangerous. And we obviously take every precaution, but you can't take every, you can't know what every other driver's doing or what your car is going to do. Or, you know, if you get distracted for a minute, there are dangers driving in a car. That's a calculated risk. Yeah, you wear a
1: seatbelt though. But we
0: put our fucking seatbelts on and (laughs) we we put her in a car seat, like a special seat for kids because she's not old enough yet to not have that. And- and we drive carefully, you know, but, but with this, it's like, you could, you know, it's like, I don't have the option to put the seatbelt on, right? I don't have the option. And so every, everywhere we go, anything we do, it's like, all I care about. And all I think about is like, how dangerous is this for her? And what I think about with the people who haven't been vaccinated is like, you're basically fucking risking my kid's life. And the people around you And my old parents because you're because you're a dickhead, because you're a stupid dickhead. And like, you know, that does make me feel like we're just gonna have to have a civil war. I think we're just gonna have to do it. I think we're just gonna have to go to war with the South again and wipe them out. No, actually, we'll just let them not get faxed.
1: It's just like fucking upsetting, you know. It's like can you just like can you guys just be There's lots of people in the South who are like us. I know, I
0: know. And they'll sneak up behind the people that we're (laughs) fighting and they'll fucking garret them. And that'll be that, you know, it's going to be amazing. You know, it's going to be, it's going to be great. No, like, I just want people to be sane and to think, I think, and we've talked about this before, but I think when you get right down to like, what is this? Like, what is this thing? It is, do I care and think about and want to help protect people who aren't My direct concern, or do I only care about and only want to protect things that are like in my direct control and concern? And I think, like, do I only care really about myself and what I can get? And I think, like, and what I want to do, you know, it's like it is, it is this selfishness. It is such an incredible selfishness for people who are just like I don't want to get the vaccine because I don't want to, you know, be told what to do or I don't want to wear a mask because, you know, I'm an American and I have freedom. It's like what it really boils down to is you're a selfish fucker who doesn't care about other people and can't possibly think about or won't think about the welfare of the people around you or your community or the like what is the for the greater good. And so you roll through life just fucking it up for everybody else. And it's it's aggravating, you know, and I I think like I'm not aggravated for myself. I deal personally as an adult with stupid people all the time. We all do. Uh, But it feels like really offensive that like it puts like my kid at risk and other people's kids and and it puts elderly people at risk and people who are immunocompromised and like, you know, people who need our help and we should be trying to protect, it puts them at risk for no fucking reason except that these people are uh, selfish assholes, um, self-centered and aren't thinking about like, what it means for the rest of us and so anyhow i don't want to make i don't want to turn this into a dark i don't want to go dark on our first episode back but it's like we had i know we had like a moment we had a chance to actually turn this thing around and like what we've done is like created this um this like this this like forever pandemic now you know where i I don't know what it's going to take i really don't I mean, it's funny, on the last – I went back – like I said, I went back and listened. In the last podcast, I was making this joke about how Republicans think we're going to, like, send out, like, hunter-killer drones that are shooting uh, vaccines at them. And I just say, like, I would endorse – at this point, I would endorse a drone program to just shoot people up with vaccines. Like, I just think if that's what it takes, declare martial law, get the hunter-killers out. Uh. Anyhow, all right. What else is going on? So that's our little there. We went a little dark, but there's a lot of other great stuff happening, like the new Galaxy Fold. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't want to. I don't. Know, I don't think. I, I don't think I have anything to say about the Galaxy it Fold. It certainly except, folds. I will say that I almost pre-ordered it, and then I, I. You know, I actually have reached a new. I think a new level of maturity recently. I. So first off, I spent a lot of time and money during the pandemic buying things, and like trying to do new things and like going deep on my hobbies and actually like I'm in a state of like absolute upheaval right now with several of uh, in several of my not hobbies but one is a hobby one is something else um I'll get into that in a second but but what I've lately I've I've found myself doing something that I've really never been capable of doing before which is uh, exercising self-control uh how's that going it's interesting you know like I went to uh, you know, this uh, there's this, this uh, company that makes really interesting and sort of beautiful keyboards and accessories called Rama, Rama Works. And uh, they released these new uh, keycaps. You know, I love keyboards. And they released these new keycaps. I, I literally have the tab open right now. And I have the keycaps in my cart, but I was going to buy them. And then I was like, I don't need these. I don't. I think I do. I want to buy them, but I don't really need them. And I stopped myself. And it was a very uh, new experience for me. And I do feel in this late stage of the pandemic, um, I've gotten to a place where if the first part of it was like hunkering down and sort of like accumulating and comforting myself and worrying about like the immediate, like, you know, what can I do right now or what, you know, to entertain myself or what can I do to entertain Zelda or how do we like get through this? Now I'm sort of like, I want to like clear away. I want to like simplify. I want to get away from the clutter of whatever that first part of this pandemic produced, and and find something more. Uh, focus more on things, you know. But so like I've gone, I've embarked on this huge office cleaning project. You know, I've probably talked about this. But my office is separate from our house, and it is. Um, the amount of things that I've accumulated over the years is is actually disturbing. I was going through a drawer in my desk and I found a a tax return, a folder full of my like tax stuff from 2003 and, and included in the tax stuff were ticket stubs from movies that I saw in 2003, including, but not limited to love actually the uh, great Hugh Grant vehicle, which also I believe has like a absolutely canceled stocking in it. Mm. Uh, I can't remember the details, but at any rate, it's, like, kind of insane what I've saved. Like, I have boxes of letters that I've – do you ever do this? I'll have, like, a oh, bunch yeah. of, like, mail, and I'm like, ah, yeah, I'm going to get to that. Let me put it in this box. And oh, I'll no. Pull.
1: I just save, <laughs> like, when I get cards or letters, I save them all. So I have boxes oh, dude, and boxes no. of this shit. No,
0: no, I have those. I have, like, a statement from a credit card, like, you know, you made a payment, <laughs> and it's, like, in a box with 20 other letters like that. And I was like I'm going to get to these 2009. Oh yeah, no, I found they're like little like it's like I've left it's like some kind of like, you know, it's like memento. It's like I've left myself clues about <laughs> something. Some some, as, yeah, some absolutely meaningless mystery. I'm like opening boxes. I'm like, "Oh, what is this? Why did I save this?" <laughs> it's like the Da Vinci Code. It's like an Easy Pass. It's like you your Easy Pass has been renewed. You know, Easy Pass is a thing you put in your car so you can like drive around New York and and not have to pay tolls like by hand. Mhm. It's like oh, an easy, my Pass letter from 2016 saying that I've renewed my EasyPass, uh, uh subscription or whatever. It's like what was I trying? What was I planning on doing? You have to wonder what was I thinking at the time. I think I was like, I got, I got to get this away from my, from this. I have to get this out of my visible universe. And if I do that, then I could like, you know, I could move on with life. You know, I'm easily distracted, so maybe it's a little bit of like I'm trying to put stuff away. Anyhow, I've ripped apart my office, but then I've also. You know, I have a Range Rover, an old Range Rover, uh, a Range Rover classic, 1995. I was like, this car is so noisy. Laura was like, we took it on vacation. Laura's like, I don't want to drive in the car. It's so loud because it's got like a V8 engine and it's like, I think it does. And it's very loud. It's like throaty. It sounds like a truck, you know? Mm -hmm. It is basically an old truck, you know? And um, Laura's like, I don't, I can't, it's like, I'm getting a headache riding in the car. It's so noisy. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to soundproof this car. I was like, that shouldn't be too hard, you know. Other people have done it, and I started like ripping apart the inside of the car. And then I was like, you know, while I'm soundproofing it, none of the speakers are working properly. Maybe I'll like get some new speakers. And I was like, ooh, these speakers, uh, they're they're good now. They're new, but the amp is broken. I should replace the amp. And like, needless to say, I've like completely ripped out all of the interior of the car. And uh, <laughs> and uh, it turns out like doing that kind of stuff is a is it's pretty complicated. And. Uh, more complicated than like building a pc which i kind of equated them at the first part of it i was like well i could build a pc so this should be no problem but like the in 1995 like whatever people were doing at the range rover factory was absolutely bonkers like this the clusters of things inside the car that you find cables and and plugs. I mean, it was the pipes. '90s,
1: man. We were going crazy. Yeah, it was
0: the '90s. You know, people were like, they just had watched. Uh, I'm trying to think of like what came out in 1995. Like, it was like one of the Joel Schumacher Batman's. Like, <laughs> they just watched like Batman uh, forever. forever. I, yeah, I had like they're like, fuck, let's go put some Shit weird in wires in this God radio. Damn radio <laughs> 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 Anyhow, so yeah, no, but I mean, listen, it's it's. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm like I, I think I'm cracking up a little bit. I don't know about you, but. I definitely have had moments where I'm like, oh, I think I'm going insane now. Like I don't know how I, how much longer I can deal with life the way it is. And I actually like – I'm not a big fan of people and I love being at home. But I'm a little bit like, god damn, I just want to be able to go out to dinner
1: like a normal person. And we had it. It was so rude i didn't though i had surgery and fucking was trapped in bed during the one reprieve from the pandemic
0: oh my god i know it's so bad but you but you're really hot now so like i'm you know we should be clear. ryan ryan had uh what do you call it a bunch of plastic surgery plastic surgery which you know i'm i personally uh I've thought about it but I've I've decided I won't be getting I probably won't be getting any plastic surgery because I I think like I should have to go through life with this face. Um <laughs> but I think that's my punishment. Um but in a way I'm like Jesus uh within this is my cross to bear.
1: I will say <laughs> doing it during the pandemic has been great because I has not I mean I missed a month of fun stuff but other yeah. than that it's not like I've missed anything, and now every time I see people, they're like, "You look incredible." <laughs> yeah, you do look good.
0: You do look good. Um, what else is so? What else is going on? I mean, it's been a while. There's many things happening in the world right now.
1: Can we in, talk about the new Spider-Man movie, please?
0: Oh yeah. Oh uh, oh oh. I want to talk about the new Spider-Man movie. I have a lot of thoughts about the new Spider-Man. First off, I think it wasn't that long ago that I had watched Spider-Man two like four times in a row. Very recently, like Laura was like, you've watched this like four times in the week in the last week, and I was like, yeah, because it turns out this is. I mean, many people consider the second Sam Raimi Spider Man, Spider Man Two, starring Tobey Maguire. A lot of people consider that to be like the perfect superhero movie, yeah. and and I have to say, upon repeated viewings, uh, and it features Alfred Molina as as Doctor Octopus. Um, in like an amazing I mean everybody in the movie is just fucking on on fire everybody in that film is like at the peak of their power and And it's
1: amazing because superhero movies were not like popping at the
0: time well it was like it was like you know this first Spider-Man had been very successful I think I think it I think the second one came out uh, you know I should look but I feel like it was like the year after iron man first came out let me see hold on spider man too just gonna google people love tony loves when i go no you're right 2004 so it was way before that because i think iron man was 2008 so it was like yeah it was definitely a kind of gray area for superhero movies and the first spider man had been a huge success and uh this film is like it has it has it all i mean it's got like uh, a Willem Dafoe like voice cameo. Actually, he's actually in it for like a part of it. It's got it's like
1: it's like a Stefan sketch. If you were like yeah, Alfred,
0: it's, it's got Alfred Molina
1: who's got eight extra limbs.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's got it's got uh, it's got uh, James Franco, like literally in his maybe his greatest role ever, where just the entire movie is like Spider Man. Why did you do this to me? spider-man like literally the whole movie james franco is just like spider-man you ruined my life and then he's like hey peter do you want to come over for dinner and then he's like i I gotta get spider-man and like you know it's like every scene is like every scene with james franco is either he's either like fuming about how spider-man killed his father and he has to exact revenge or he's inviting peter peter parker out for like french fries and just not making the connection whatsoever but uh Anyhow, it's got everything. It's got love. It's got loss. It has Willem Dafoe. It's got uh, Alfred Molina with with eight arms. It has uh, uh, Toby Maguire's penis in it. That was but, brave. <laughs> that was brave. But like, um. so anyway, so so there's a new – so they've made these new Spider-Man movies. So first off, there was the Toby Maguire Spider-Mans, right? I mean I don't need to tell Tony this, but I'm going to do it anyway. You're the first three Spider-Man movies. The third one was – my recollection is abysmal, but like maybe it's actually good now if I go back and check it out. The – um, I know the Topher Grace is in it and I loved anything Topher Grace is in. Um, and then you had the reboot with Andrew Garfield, uh, who you'll know well as Emma Stone's ex-boyfriend. And maybe they're still dating. I don't know. Uh, Andrew Garfield, who's British, you know, and, big and red, and flag, just, red flag, red flag right just there.
1: Say A little slick for Peter Parker. Right, yeah, yeah. Like he's a little, he's a little. He seems like he's working the angles, so and yeah. that's not really a Peter Parker quality. No,
0: like, like Andrew Garfield's like a very. He's like got a Jude Lawish kind of like handsome British man quality. Yes, and I think like you know Tobey Maguire. I'm not saying Tobey Maguire is like fugly or anything, but um, you know he's not like. Here, he's got kind of a baby face, you know, Toby Maguire. He should McGuire. have
1: a humbleness to him. And, yeah. and Andrew Garfield has a grandeur to him. And yeah. I don't want to knock Big, it because I I would love to see Andrew Garfield play another superhero. Mm. I'll say that.
0: I'd like to see him. Yes. I think Andrew Garfield make a good villain. I
1: think oh, yeah. I'd like to see
0: him in the role of a villain. Um, untapped villain potential. He could be a great Joker, actually. I think we need another Joker film. Maybe Andrew Garfield is the Joker the Ian. british joker the british joker he's the jester. like he's like, <laughs> he's like uh <clears throat> he's like we all go a little mad sometimes and then but he like can really say it because he's british
1: we all um, go a little mad sometimes well yeah, that's just the mad hatter
0: that is the mad hatter but i think the joker probably says it too because it's like nobody has any original ideas okay anyhow so then they made these uh the amazing spider-man or whatever the fuck they're called and um yeah. And they're not that great. They're, like, whatever. And uh, I think Jamie Foxx plays, like, uh, Electro in one of them, I believe is his name. He did his best. He did his best. It's fine. He was blue, which I think is... It's tough. A weird choice for <laughs> just like don't make it's Jamie Foxx blue. Yeah. You know? That's don't make anybody blue unless it's like uh not
1: Jamie Foxx. Don't take like a sexy, cool leading man who's had like hit songs and great movies yeah. and then paint him into a blue balding nerd. Blue have I just, him be like, Mama.
0: Yeah, that is that's right. He's like also like he's like an incel. He's like a blue yeah. incel in that movie. It's which tough is tough. Which he's like a large smurf, you know? Um <laughs> like an electric smurf. Anyhow, uh, okay. So anyway, so then those movies were like kind of bombs, I guess. And they're like, no, nope, we're done. Then, you know, obviously the MCU is happening in the background. And okay, I don't need to tell everybody this. But okay, so they rebooted it with Tom Holland, uh, uh, Zendaya's boyfriend.
1: Twink extraordinaire. Uh,
0: and, and Tom Holland's good because even though he's British, which again, I, I it's a red flag. But I think he does a very good job of – he's sort of like – he's got a very Tobey Maguire kind of vibe. And I know, I'm sure people think he's hot or whatever, but he's still kind of a baby face. He has the right kind of like yeah. – he's a teen. I mean Spider-Man is a teen, right? Spider-Man Maybe he's a young should
1: seem like he's panicking half the time.
0: Yeah, it's like – it's like – yeah, it's like uh, you know, Spider-Man's like – He's a guy, you know. Premature ejaculation is like a Spider-Man kind of vibe. You know what I'm saying? Exactly.
1: There's a lot of anxiety, so that when he does perform, it's a real success for everyone involved. Right,
0: and it's like, and it's like, and I should say, there's literally like kind of nods to that in the first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man, where he's like, I mean, it's very. There's a real like ejaculate. Sort there's of, a lot of centric gay stuff in those. Are really well, not just hilarious. gay. You know, hey, I ejaculation mean, little, is ejaculation is also can Also out, be not gay. No, but, but there's a lot of lunch like with James he's like Franco shooting. Yeah, he's like shooting about his webs everywhere, and he can't control it. And anyhow, he's getting buff, and then he's really good at <laughs> shooting true. his webs on it's everywhere. True. He gets like muscular, that he can shoot his webs like straight into anybody's face. Anyhow, he's literally <laughs> shooting webs into like villains' faces. Uh, but then okay, so Tom Holland's back, and they do these movies, and they're all like fine. My impression. My feeling of all of the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies is like, yeah, OK, it's a Spider-Man film. Like the one with Jake Gyllenhaal was reasonably entertaining, though I wouldn't say like I can remember much of it. It's like uh, it's like a Marvel movie, you They're know, fine. it's like a, it's like it's like a Marvel movie. It's not exactly a Spider-Man movie, but it works and it's fine. So there's a new – so there's the new film. Now, Marvel has done something – and I, I could probably – we could probably do an entire episode about this. I think we've talked about it previously. But what Marvel is starting to do with – the, what the Marvel Universe is starting to do with, like, some of their Disney Plus shows and now with the films uh, is they are breaking into this really interesting period that I think maybe they did it with WandaVision – uh, they're, they're, they kind of hinted at it a bit with Loki. Both shows Oh, there was are,
1: a lot of it in Loki at the end.
0: Well, yeah, I guess so. But, but I'm talking more about the meta, not just the, the multiverse, because the multiverse is a Marvel thing that they're doing right now where there's this idea of, like, multiple versions of all of the things that you've seen. Very cool idea that we can, like, incorporate lots of stuff from the past and maybe from the future into this. But... They're also doing this thing where they're kind of breaking the fourth wall and they're, like, acknowledging reality exists. Like, WandaVision – we talked about this when WandaVision came out – did this amazing thing where it was, like, this is – like, reality exists in the Marvel Universe, which is something that, like, kind of has never been uh, really well addressed that, like – but also the reality of the Marvel Universe kind of, like, as we experience it is somehow – part of the marvel universe as they experience it which is a really interesting concept which brings us to uh the new spider-man film which is called something like
1: there's <sighs> no way home
0: no way home or home again or i mean what the fuck is it home called? home on it's the rain home on the ra- it's like home 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 alone home fries and a biscuit spider-man spider-man what's it called it's called phone home. No Way Home. No, No Way Home is the other one. No, No Way Home is this one. But they had one yes. that they have Homecoming, Far From Home, and No Way Home. I in my opinion, these titles are too similar. I first just off. don't
1: understand. Wait, what is the I get that they keep doing this home thing, but what I don't is know. the what does that have to know. do with Spider-Man?
0: Nothing. It's just like their motif. They're like, well, we called the first one uh uh, far from home or no homecoming or whatever. The point it is
1: homecoming. Cause Spider-Man was back in Marvel, right?
0: Homecoming, then far from home and now no way home or whatever. Okay. And so we, the trailer has been, the first trailer has been released and, and, uh, it's like Spider-Man has been exposed by Mysterio, which happened in the last movie, which I have to tell you, I did not remember <laughs> at all. Peter Parker is now like, it's public that he's Spider-Man and, uh, He's like, oh, his life is destroyed because everybody, you know. Of course, I love this thing like with Spider-Man. I get it. Like, it's like Spider-Man's. You know, if he ever gets, if Peter Parker's ever exposed or whatever, it's immediately like people are like, oh, I fucking hate your guts, dude. You suck. Yeah, he's got some bad PR. Yeah, like like every time Spider-Man is in this in the spotlight, it's because I mean, I guess we can blame the media. I guess we can blame J Jonah Jameson. Yeah, J Jonah Jameson, uh, who has is reprising his role once again which he played Carlson.
1: Yeah. The role,
0: the role he played in the other Spider-Man movies, or at least in the amazing Spider-Man, which is the Andrew Garfield one, which brings me to the point of this whole spiel about the fucking history of Spider-Man. They're doing this thing in this film. It's been rumored for a long time. And now it's definitely confirmed in this trailer that they are bringing in, in this multiverse, they're bringing in the previous Spider-Man films and they're like intermingling them with this current era Spider-Man, meaning at the end of the trailer, spoiler alert if you haven't watched the fucking three-minute trailer or two-and-a-half-minute trailer, at the end of the trailer, we see Alfred Molina as Dr. Octopus. And he's like, hello, Peter. And he literally sounds exactly <laughs> – that's exactly yeah. what he says. And uh, we're like, oh, fuck. But also, there's a they, – they hint at – uh, they, you hear Willem Dafoe's laugh and you see a Green Goblin bomb. There's a name for them, a, a goblin grenade or whatever. And I guess there's like a little bit of like Electro Shock or whatever his name is. Whatever Jamie Foxx's character is, uh, he is – like there's some hint. Electro is what his character's name is. Um, anyhow, so it's like – so, and there's a rumor that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield are going to be in it. Now, they've done this in a Spider-Man movie. It should be said. They did it in the animated Spider-Man movie. It's literally –
1: the Oscar-winning animated Spider-Man. It, it, unless
0: universe. I'm mistaken, it is the plot, essentially, yes. of the animated Spider-Man film, which is called – why am I blanking Into on it? Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse, which is an amazing film and everybody should see. And it's – But it's I mean, not a
1: low-profile film. This is a film they made no. – Two it's years a, ago, that won an Oscar. It's got
0: like a post Malone <laughs> song that was written for the movie that was like yeah. a number one hit for like sixteen weeks. It's like popular. It's like a. It was like a hit. In
1: live it's like a
0: hit number one whatever film. But like what was interesting about it and good and like very funny and and poignant and just weird was they intermingled all of these like versions. They had like Spider Ham, which is a version of Spider Man from the comics from like the eighties or whatever, where it's like he's like a pig, and you know it's just like. It's a really interesting idea, but doing it in the live action films and doing it with, where they're actually referencing the Sam Raimi films and the, uh, and the Andrew Garfield ones, I can't remember who the director was, but at any rate- um, Andrew it's- Webb. Andrew Webb, right? He's like, I have to direct a Spider-Man film because my last name is Webb. and as you know,
1: teasing me for it, and I'll prove them wrong. I think he's
0: he's also British, and as you know, God damn it, Spider-Man shoots webs. He might not be
1: the great British hero, (laughs) Spider-Man. Yeah,
0: (laughs) Spider Chap, Spider Lad, Spider spider Lad. (laughs) Anyhow, I'm sure there's a Spider Lad in the fucking multiverse. At any rate, so I think it's a really cool idea. Like, I like the idea of it, and. I think it's it's fascinating that they're like mining our actual history of these with these movies to be like, "Oh yeah, no, that's all we're including that." And what's interesting is uh uh that they are it is this acknowledgement of the reality that we live in inside of basically in the in the reality of the characters of these films. And they did this, and this is I find this to be a fascinating uh, turn for this whole it's 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 okay there's one thing where it goes like way deep into comic like shit with the multiverse right the multiverse is like what if and they also have a show called what if which kind of plays <laughs> with the multiverse concept but it's like what if these there were versions multiple versions multiple timelines multiple ways that all of these things could have played out it's a really great. It's a con- conceptually really great for comics. And in fact, I think like the multiverse concept is sort of built around, I can't remember if this is actually why they did it originally, but there are all these moments, both in the DC universe and in the Marvel universe, where they try to reconcile all of these like eras of characters that they have. Because the one thing about comics, comic characters that is true is that every generation kind of puts their own spin on these characters. And like, so you end up with lots of sort of, like Batman has like, 25 different backstories. Like there are a bunch of variations of backstories of Batman. And so they kind of try to, re- in the comics, they try to reconcile these things. And one of the ways they've they done it is this concept of the multiverse. And I'm pretty sure that Marvel's the intention. I want to say, and I want to say it starts with Secret Wars, um, which is a, a series that I, a comic series that I, uh, and I could be wrong by the way, but but it was a comic series that when I was a kid, I was, like, absolutely fucking fascinated by because it was this thing where all of these characters, like the Avengers and Fantastic Four and Spider-Man and Hulk, and they all, like, who had their own separate universes, suddenly were, like – it was just, like, this huge mashup where all of these characters were drawn together. Yeah, and it was, like, oh, my God. It was also the, it's also the comic where Spider-Man got his new suit, which for me as a huge Spider-Man nerd when I was a little kid was, like – just mind-blowing that Spider-Man could have a new badass black outfit, which eventually becomes Venom. Anyhow, um so so yeah the other one the and the other sort of the counterpoint to this is DC did a thing called Crisis on Infinite Earth. Uh, which is which is exactly this. It was like there's a, I think Secret War is a little bit different in that it's not a it, it may not be playing with the maybe it does play with the multiverse. Again, I kind of can't remember it, but like Crisis on Infinite Earths in the Marvel, in the sorry, in the DC universe, absolutely is like, hey, we have all of these eras, like we got to smash them together. Anyhow, the point is, there's that aspect of it which is very comic booky and fun, and it allows for a lot of weird things to happen. But then, what is interesting is this layer of reality that they're adding to it, and like, it's sort of like I was, we were, we were drinks the other day, and I was talking to Tom Caswell, who who runs a, a social media for uh for input, and he was like. Telling me about how he thought Blade Runner 2049 was a superior film to Blade Runner, which of course is uh, a diabolical and absurd That's notion. A silly thing to say. It's a very silly thing to say, and Tom should be ashamed of himself. But you know, the one thing that I I said, you know, look, I enjoyed what you were talking about. I was like, I enjoyed Blade Runner 2049. I actually thought it was a pretty good movie, but what really bothered me about it was that it it changed what happened in Blade Runner, basically. It like yeah. it like retconned shit in Blade Runner it was like oh no actually this is what was happening it was like, you're
1: like hey you know that movie that was literally about ambiguity we're mm. going to get rid of that here's the answer right
0: and not only <laughs> not only are we going to get rid of it but we're going to get rid of it in a way that is like deviates from what the even the ambiguity suggested you know like yeah. so so but what's interesting is that this is a similar thing where these sh- movies now and the shows are reaching into places that i have and that you have a definitive perspective on And are like, wait, that's not done. And that isn't back there. It's like here. And it is incorporated into this in a way that I think is just like, you know, from a storytelling perspective, I'm not sure that any film series has ever done something like this. So at any rate, it's really interesting. And I'm so I guess I'm like uh, cautiously optimistic about this new um, Spider-Man movie because it actually seems like it has a more interesting plot than all the other ones. But I will say... Uh the de aging of Alfred Molina. I was going to ask you. <laughs> I mean, if you look at like people have been like posting side by side photos, like I, I feel like they've got to be able to get this better. I mean, like something's got to be done about. It. I mean, don't, why don't
1: they? Didn't they hire the deep fake person who fixed their Star Wars de aging? Uh, yeah, they, like, they need to get that the. Guy. De- they
0: need the deep fake guy. You need to stop doing the. Who is the fucking guy from? star wars whatever they put, like, the
1: x-men technology was was wrong we don't want cgi face on top of a face yeah i don't want to see that like, like, like wiggly like and
0: animated we can't i can't handle Let the wiggly i do it you mean you ever notice i mean just the 3d stuff just like it just moves weirdly there's, yes
1: there's a like weird it's as if their faces have no collagen
0: yeah or too much or something i don't know but it's like yeah. they don't it's like their body it's like the whole thing is like just just fucking deep fake Alfred Molina. You just have, you have, it. there are literally, there are literally at a distance. thousands of hours of footage of every angle of Alfred Molina's face. Okay. <laughs> just, just do use a different technology. There's gotta be a better way. At any rate, I hope they fix it. It's kind of like a sonic teeth situation right now for me, which is like, I, this is
1: Kirsten has
0: to do It's like, I don't <laughs> like it. Something's wrong. It's just fucking uncanny Valley, man. You know, yeah. Tony knows what I'm saying. Tony's been, Tony's in the, lives in the uncanny Valley. Uh, but at any rate, so okay, so that's my spiel about the the Spider Man, and and uh, you know, and and I hope we see, and I hope we do get to see Tom Holland's penis in this film because I think if Whole they really want to, if they really want to honor the legacy of the original Tobey Maguire Spider Mans, they'll they'll you know they'll show a lot more. They'll
1: shoot his webs all over everyone's face. Yeah,
0: he needs to sh- accidentally shoot web all over uh! people's faces, and then and then drop and then accidentally drop his pants and expose his entire uh, penis uh <laughs> that's i'm just saying i'm just saying if they want to honor you if they want to honor both the toby Maguire films and the comic books they'll just show a lot well,
1: we more of self Man. yeah
0: exactly all right so can we talk about i want to talk about something else which is not i mean i could definitely talk about this for like a Wait, full what hour what do you want to talk about i want to talk about my i haven't had a drink in like a week oh okay what would you think I would talk about? I
1: thought you were going to talk about video games, but let's talk about that.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not talking about any video games. I want to talk about. How are you so, feeling? uh, well, let me tell you. Here's an interesting thing. Well, first off, the first few nights I wasn't drinking. It might be over a week now. I mean, maybe more. Maybe like a week and a half or something. The first few nights I wasn't drinking, I was having like very, very, very vivid and upsetting dreams. Which somebody was like, "Oh, that's withdrawal," and I'm like, mm, "That seems bad if that's what's happening." <laughs> <Like> that.
1: <laughs> Maybe also I, you might just be used to sleeping with. I yeah system. I think
0: yeah I think either I'm getting like super duper knocked out from the alcohol, or I'm like sleeping lighter, therefore having fewer you know dreams or whatever uh, when I'm drinking. But anyhow, so so the first few nights I was like, "Wow, these I like need to start drinking again because these dreams are extremely upsetting and vivid." and I don't that's like how they them. Get you. Uh that is how they get you. But then but then that kind of stopped and uh so one thing that's happened is that there is a there is a company that makes a non-alcoholic beer. It's called the Athletic Brewing Company. And now I'm not a beer drinker. But Laura started drinking these and I had a sip of one and I'm like, yeah, that tastes like exactly like an IPA. They make like IPAs and like fancy brews. It's like a microbrewery or whatever. I'm like, yeah, that does taste exactly like a beer, you know? Uh, and so I've started drinking these NA beers at night. And like I wait, you know, till the day's over. I usually wait till Zelda's in bed and I crack one open. And I have to tell you, it is it is like – it is a bizarre experience. And I and I, if you're if anybody is listening to this and is like I want to stop drinking, how do I do it? How what's a good way to do it? I would I would I truly cannot endorse these beers enough and I'm not, you know, look I'm not on the on the on the fucking payroll. I it, it is like drinking a beer. It tastes like a beer. There's a trace amount it's like 0.5 percent alcohol i think all na beers have some small amount it's not like if you're like a i'm abstaining from i won't even you know use rubbing alcohol on a wound because i can't be anywhere near alcohol yeah this I mean, is it's not what you're
1: getting from mouthwash
0: yeah exactly exactly and but but i will say it the 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 uh it's bizarre like there there have been times that i'm drinking it and i'm like Ooh, i should slow down i don't want to like have a hangover tomorrow and it's like oh wait like i'm not getting shit faced from this And I'm not going to have a hangover and I can drink as many of these as I want. I think it's like, you'd have to drink like 24 of them to get as much as in a is like in one beer, you know, which is obviously you're not going to do. And even if you did, it's one beer, Uh, but it's like, you know, I'll drink like three or four of them. Um, They're also like pretty low calorie. They're like 70 calories. Um, And so, so it's been like kind of an interesting experience. And I, I, it's been a while since I've had like an extended period where I wasn't, I mean, I think the pandemic has obviously made us all like absolute lushes if we if we like to drink i think it's just I'm gotten like
1: pac-man with edibles
0: yeah no i mean everything is just like oh fuck what am i gonna do It's 8 30 now and i have like several hours before i'm gonna go to sleep i have to find some way to pass the time and i've run out of you know i better I, have
1: four edibles yeah it's like <laughs> the crown <laughs> bottle of
0: whiskey <laughs> i know i've watched all of Bosch now and so i guess i'm gonna you know drink um but like yeah it's actually pretty incredible and i i have to say um to me there's like a we are i think there's a there's a point that we're getting to, I hope we get there, where we've got like the impossible burger for alcohol. And I think this is actually like, I'll say this, I think these beers are as close to anything that I've ever had in my life as like the impossible burger for a beer, which is like, if you like drinking beer, I'm firmly of the of the mindset and belief that if I were to hand you one of these and you thought you were drinking an IPA, you would not Question it. You would not be like, "What's up with this?" You would just be like, "I'm drinking a beer."
1: But that's so interesting to me because I don't drink a beer or any other kind of alcohol, maybe margaritas or something, Mm, because mm. of the taste. In general, I'm drinking it because it's warm. Yeah, it's it's not very sweet. It's not overwhelming flavor, and it makes me feel all fuzzy inside. (laughs) You wanna get you wanna get drunk. At least buzz. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and I like that it isn't, I like that it's an adult. Like, I can put a movie on and I'm not like, I'm drinking a Capri Sun. Yeah. I, I enjoy the whole experience of it. Yeah. But if it had no alcohol in it, I would probably just go to seltzer.
0: No, but okay. So here's the interesting thing. I think for a person, I think, and maybe you're, look, I like, might be
1: different than you. Well,
0: you, if you're, if you're, if you're doing edibles, if you're taking edibles a lot and that's like kind of your drug of choice in the evenings yeah. or whatever, like, this doesn't compute, but, like, for me, what, what like, released my, like, relaxation center of the brain was, like, I would have, like, a cocktail, you know? Yeah. And it wasn't for the flavor. I mean, yes, I like the flavor of some cocktails. It's the
1: experience. It's, it's, it's the like, the ritual, the ritual of ritual.
0: having this, like, okay, yeah. I'm having a drink now, and it has, like, a very specific – You know, your brain picks up on this very specific signal, obviously the alcohol, but like just that first taste of it is like, oh yeah, I'm, it's like, it's, I'm having the drink now. And it is very Pavlovian. Like I'm like,
1: well, yeah, it's a, it's a, the day is turning off.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the thing that's interesting here. Now, again, as a non-beer drinker, what is, what is striking to me is that because it tastes like alcohol, because it tastes like a drink, you know, even though it's a drink that I typically wouldn't have. It's like that, that thing happens in my brain and I'm like, Hmm. and I feel satisfied. Now, look, I, I, some nights I'm like, you know, I I would like a real drink, but then I'm kind of like, yeah, actually this is good. This is good enough. And I'm not going to wake up feeling shitty tomorrow and I'm not going to go to bed, uh, feeling, you know, drunk and, and, uh. It's just a really interesting experience and I do think like this – there's something – I mean there's a lot of companies working on – I actually bought this stuff called Monday which is like they have a fake gin and a fake whiskey and they're both like interesting. Neither one of them really tastes like whiskey or gin. I do think like I would love for us to get to a point where there is something that literally tastes exactly like an alcohol but isn't one because I do think like I would enjoy having – like I would love to have a martini that – gives me the impact of like I'm having a drink, but doesn't have the result, which is uh I'm like gonna be completely fucked up after three of these. And I think like that's what the beer is doing. And it just for me, now who knows, a week from now I may be like, yeah, I'm back on the sauce and I'm going completely ballistic. But it is a fascinating I development like I, in alcohol.
1: I, recently I've come to the conclusion that I just don't like I like a couple of drinks. But I hate the after part, Mm. even before the hangover hits, just when you've stopped drinking and you're like, I haven't had a drink for an hour. That feeling of just like, it feels like sand being scraped through my brain. And I I hate being hungover. I hate the indigestion. And I'm starting to get to the conclusion of like, maybe I only drink at like holidays. And like, that's probably a good place for me to be. Um, And I think it's partially because I've had edibles to be like, I, listen, I'm not going to be out here raw dog in reality. So if, wow. yeah. if I have something no. to lean on that's not going to have as many negative effects, it's, it's a nice. I don't really feel like I need or want to drink anymore as much. But you know what I want to try is those euphorics. They have those like drinks that are not alcohol, it's like nootropics and they're supposed to like make you more conversational and relaxed. People love them.
0: Right. No, I mean. Uh I yeah it's not for everybody I mean your 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 the your description of drinking is like sort of how I feel about um weed like Really? Well,
1: I mean I'm like yeah, I'm like the occasional edible is
0: good, but when
1: I wake up the next day from having an edible, I feel like a brand new sticker.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> I don't exp- I mean the wake up part is not an issue for me. It's more like I mean, edibles are different. They're a bit different. And I think it's a, that I'm more into, but like, for me, it's like, okay, I'm gonna, this is like, I'm gonna, you know, eat some weed and I'm not gonna like do other stuff. It's like a thing, you know? Um, But like, you know, it's like, okay, I'm doing this now and it's going to be an well, evening. Well, that's
1: my rule. I don't, I don't have edibles before like eight eight thirty. Because right. That's the point at which I'm watching TV, having dinner and falling asleep.
0: Yeah. See, I feel like for me, it's like, I couldn't do it as a nightly thing, but, but smoking weed hi- historically for me is like just doesn't agree with me just whatever is going on with my brain chemistry where people are like oh i feel so relaxed or i feel creative or i feel like sleepy or i feel whatever it is i'm like nah i just don't feel i feel like it's one of the rare times that i don't have really full control of what my brain is doing and and i and i've done all kinds of drugs i mean i've done it all okay uh I've taken everything. Well, not everything, but a lot. And and on almost every drug, including but not limited to, things like acid and mushrooms. I can like kind of like go, all right, like there's the drug experience and there's my like actual brain. And those things, like I can like judge the distance between them. Obviously, I've done a
1: PCP guy.
0: I haven't done that in a while. Yeah, PCP is like, you know, if I go a night without PCP, I'm like, mm, <laughs> something's wrong. Uh but but like with weed for whatever reason, particularly if I smoke it or vape it. Um yeah, I just feel like I'm like what is my why is my brain doing this and why can't I why am I no longer in control of it? You know? It's just like some of the dumbest shit enters my brain and I'm like I got to stop this, but I can't. And that to me is the worst feeling. Like as a control freak, as a certified control freak, Um, I think that loss of even a slight bit of, mm, I'm trying to think of the way, right way to say it, not control exactly, but like, you know, if you lose
1: control for weed, my first thought is, Oh, who cares? Yeah.
0: You're like, I love this. You're like, I'm in, you go into it. I understand that
1: generally like having control. Like I have weird issues about control and my body and, uh, and plastic surgery and it's, you know, I, they're real and I definitely have, have those issues, but weed for some reason turns them off and I'm free to feel like I felt like when I was a little kid, which was like, I'm just like Mm. sort of absorbing the world and excited to drink it in. Yeah. And that is not a feeling I generally have in general. I feel day to day, very resentful of reality. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And I'm more like, I wish my imagination was real, but when I have weed, they kind of mix a little Mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm reacting to a world that I don't hate. And I don't, I'm obviously these are deeper issues that I am plunging into (laughs) yes Um, but it feels like a good to have a release valve at the end of the day of like while I'm figuring my shit out I get an hour or two where I watch Real Housewives and giggle and John makes dinner and it's fun and sometimes I stay up and play a game for an hour and then that's great for me why I can't do alcohol anymore is it's just like It's a production, and it ends 24 hours after you started because your body feels like shit. Your brain Mm. feels like shit. When you're drinking, you realize that you're not making sense, and you're like, I don't know. I just don't – I'm coming to discover that I don't love it Yeah. that given any other option, I don't really love drinking. Plus, I've lost a lot of weight recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. I put my alcohol right by a giant mirror because every time I go to have any drink at all ever, I'm like, oh, I have to remind myself, oh, this is – the this is gonna undo all the progress you oh, made, do like, all the quotes no. you fit in.
0: I mean I I have been aggressively dieting. I don't know if we've if we've talked I mean it's been a while. So like I was like doing keto basically. Oh boy. And yeah, oh boy indeed. Um, and, uh, which is, you know, maybe a scam, but definitely works in the sense that it forces you to just dramatically limit how much you're eating. Like yes. whether or not like the keto part is real, what is real is like, if you start tracking everything that you eat and you're like, I can only have this many carbs, like you are going to eat fewer calories. Because why
1: Atkins worked at the beginning before they camped with all those processed Atkins replacement foods. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, you literally had to do work to eat.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's like, and I, I'm firmly of the belief that any situation where you, are like monitoring what your actual food intake is, is a situation where if you wanna lose weight, you probably will because you just start to like go, oh, well I'm done now. And I'm either gonna be starving or give in to my you know starvation. But at any rate, at any rate, I wanted to lose a couple of pandemic pounds, so I was doing keto. But then, and it kinda like plateaued. I lost some weight and then I was like, okay, well it's kinda here and I got bored with it. So I'm like, I'm gonna eat like regular food again because this is annoying. And then, I stopped drinking and I started losing weight again. And like I'm drinking these like beers every night, which have carbs and have calories.
1: But you're slicing out a lot of calories. Oh, my God. Alcohol. Yes. Make your body process calories. And like
0: sugar and stuff. I mean, so – and so it's like the upside is just a kind of secondary upside is like, yeah, I like – it's like, and I'm like not stressing about it now. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just like, I'll pro- like I'm will i not, I don't have, it's also like, they're kind of like a meal, like a beer is, you drink a couple of beers and you're like, well, that had like calories and carbs and I'm not that hungry anymore. So it's sort of this thing where the combination of not drinking like a thousand calories in alcohol and also having things that kind of fill you up, they're carbonated, they have like some stuff in them anyhow the, the long and short is like i've been on a real adventure here and uh and i have to say i think the only thing that's made it possible because it's such a habit for me and i don't think i'm like addicted but i think i enjoy the ritual of that that feeling of relaxation and i think what is what this has proven to me is uh that it's so much about what what the uh perception of it is versus the sort of reality in the sense that yeah, I like to have, like, I like to get buzzed having the first couple of drinks, but it's definitely downhill from those first couple of drinks, you know, in terms of my enjoyment. But what it really, like, a bigger part of it is that feeling of, like, okay, here's this, like, time and place, this, like, type of thing that I'm doing, this thing that my body is used to getting, this kind of flavor. This one's for dad. Yeah. Anyhow, it's like, it's been incredible. And I, I recommend if anybody's trying to drink less, There were also a few nights before I started drinking these things like all the time, I was like, oh, well, I was going to have one more drink, but I'm actually going to drink one of these beers. And it's like, even if you want to cut back, it's a nice way to kind of like circumvent you know, just quitting cold turkey and being like, oh, I drink seltzer now. Like to your point, like that would not work for me. Drinking seltzer has never had, or like, you know, I would even have like drinks with like seltzer and like a splash of bitters and like some lime, which has, again, bitters has like trace. You know, a splash of it is like a trace amount of alcohol, but even that, like after a while, I was just like, "This is not it." Like, I need something that feels like a drink. Um, anyhow, so that's my success story about drinking.
1: Um, also, can we talk about the Steam Deck, which oh my is God. the ninth portable I've ordered this year? Um, but <laughs> the one I'm most excited. For.
0: You know, it's you know, it's deranged. There are all these like portables that have come out, all these like portable systems. Like the Switch is like has been killing it during the pandemic. What is so weird to me is like we're like we can't go anywhere. We haven't been able to go anywhere. Nobody's traveling. I'm like, "Oh, well, this it's, is so it's great mostly
1: for for playing while you binge television with yeah, your
0: family." Yeah, it's inter interhome travel. No, okay, yeah. so the Steam Deck, so so Valve has released is is releasing uh a handheld which is like a Switch except way bigger. BP, but a but BP it's boy. Very beefy, but it plays, they claim 100% of whatever is in your Steam library. It runs on a custom version of Linux that is like Steam OS. It has all of these like custom fine-tuned like interpreters to take like Windows code and turn it into Linux code that makes it executable on this thing. And it's got like a ridiculous amount of like control options. It's got these like touch surfaces. It's got buttons. It has like motion control. Um, it's got the game control. It's got the game control, and it's like, and I have to say, I'm so fucking excited about it. I'm so. Fucking I mean, excited. I mean, there's probably not a single actual like gaming development in the past five years, except maybe like for the development of like the new Nvidia and and the the you know the. Uh, Ray tracing tech and stuff like Ray that. Ray tracing
1: which, tricked me into being yeah. excited for a little while. But this I think I'm genuinely excited for. And I I haven't been excited about a console since like the Xbox 360. They've all been like, okay, cool. But this yeah. I'm like, oh, I, I really cannot yeah. wait to own this.
0: No, and it's like, I will say the, to me, there have been many times in my life, especially since having like a pretty kick-ass gaming PC that I use on a regular basis where I'm like, I really wish I could play, like I've definitely been in bed with my Switch and been playing a game and I'm like, yeah, this is fun, but like, I really wanna play cyberpunk, you know? Like that's happened a lot lately, not surprisingly. And I think it's like, I'm so psyched about being able to play all of these games. Do you know how many games I've purchased uh, on Steam? I mean, I have so many, I have games that I've never played just like so many where I'm like I got to get around to that. And now it's like one of the th- one of the problems with it is like, well, I've got to be in front of my high powered PC. I know there's like ways you can stream it and all this shit. But it's like I don't want to do that. I want exactly. to like Exactly. I, I want to like I, take the game, I want to have it downloaded, I want to play it. I don't want to fucking stream it from the cloud. I don't want to deal with like setting up some like, you know, Steam remote line. control of my fucking PC. Like I just want it to be a self-contained experience like a Switch is. And uh yeah, man, I'm excited. Like I think Honestly, I'll say I'll say this. I mean, not that they could do it, but if Microsoft should really just buy Valve. I mean, I don't know if they could do we it. We were I'm
1: sh- saying years ago that the PlayStation Five should be portable or have some kind of portable component, and that would be the ultimate. Obviously, they didn't do that, but Microsoft has windows xbox and the cloud streaming and yeah. i just feel like the missing piece is like a portable
0: i guess you know i guess i say that and i'm like why would i want microsoft to buy valve but i also, guess they like,
1: can't because you know valve is I, I mean how much could i'm sure microsoft feasibly could yeah, yeah i wouldn't be money. smart for microsoft don't think valve would to sell. take. <laughs> but i guess hundred like, billion dollars
0: i'm not sure what i'm arguing because like i like the fact that valve is its own thing but I guess, like, what I'm saying is just from a purely—if I put my like business person hat on—from a purely like one—if one of those companies owned Valve, you know, it would just like—I mean, it would be game over for the other players. Like, if Sony owned Valve, I think they'd fuck it up. Though, obviously, when I when I think about it, actually, I'm like, definitely, I hope that doesn't happen because I'm excited about the idea of there being yeah, a third, we want to
1: diversify a the third option. Industry. Well, like, well, like, what's great is
0: like, I mean, PC gaming is is. Uh, What's happened with PC gaming is such an unbelievable, uh, surprising turn of events. I mean, there was a period a few years ago, five, six, seven years ago, where it was like mobile gaming is the future and, you know, next-gen consoles are going to come out and that's where, like, the hardcore gamers are going to go. And, you know, like, if you go back not that long ago, PC gaming was sort of like this weird, like – Sort of cast aside subgenre of gaming. I'm not saying that there weren't hardcore gamers and there weren't amazing game experiences, but it wasn't like you a didn't mainstream. Get
1: the AAA game first on the PC.
0: Yeah, like if you went into a Best Buy. Over the last, like, 15 years or whatever, you could see the decline of, like, PC-related items and the rise of things like consoles and, you know, mobile stuff and, you know, the Switch once it was available. Yeah, iPad, yeah. shit like that. But but what has happened is, like, it actually – PC gaming has actually become, like, this amazing, huge, Back, baby. like, central point of innovation. It's and, the only
1: platform with no compromises.
0: Yeah, and it rules, and it's great. I gotta say, for all like the the chaos of it, it is it's 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 like, you know, if I had my choice, which is why the the Steam Deck is so interesting to me, I think nine times out of ten I would reach for like my my Steam library versus like whatever's in my PlayStation library right now or whatever's in my I don't even fuck with the Xbox. I mean, I don't even play I love my Xbox. Yeah, I'm not even I'm like I I you know, we gave away my uh my uh Series X we gave yeah. it away because no, i was like you're, it's,
1: you're, you're a pc guy now sitting in
0: a box what do i fucking need if, if i want to play those games they're on i can play them on my pc but i don't totally. even i don't even care it's like i have so many other things to do it's like i just i don't know it's weird i th- it, I think the new consoles are uh they have certain value but i mean PlayStation
1: 5 sucks
0: yeah i've, I've read your editorial we've all read your editorial um, at any rate, I just think the Steam Deck super exciting. I pre-ordered one. If,
1: Can't
0: wait. <laughs> probably not going to get it till 2023 at this point. I mean, I pre-ordered one on the day of and it's like tw- early 2022 and I'm like, "Okay, cool, great. I l- love to wait years for things. That's the best." Um, at any rate, I do think it's an exciting development. I just hope they don't fuck it up. I hope it's good. I'm worried it's too big. That's my main but i have huge hands so that should be listen no
1: and we yes it might be a little game geary but i think it's it if the concept succeeds despite it being a little bulky we'll get other versions
0: there are worse things to be than game geary
1: yes many worse things yeah you could be you know leapfroggy what is that you know that like children's learning console that's like you and peppa pig are gonna count shapes wow the
0: british <laughs> once again the british ruining destroying, everything destroying our children okay so wait so then let's fast forward to what's going on in the world right now only i want to talk about OnlyFans.
1: yes that's the thing i was gonna bring up oh you were gonna talk about OnlyFans. OnlyFans, yeah. only
0: fans only fans only fans could do this um <laughs> let me let's just talk let's just back up for a second a couple of days ago the Pornography website OnlyFans. Let me first off, if you're if you just arrived on planet Earth and you don't know what OnlyFans is, let me give you a quick, let me give you a brief uh You're gonna explainer. love explainer. <laughs> let me give you a Vox, a Vox style explainer. What is OnlyFans? Why are people talking about OnlyFans? What's a fan? Um, no, an OnlyFan is a person who is a fan on OnlyFans.com. Um OnlyFans is a website where you can subscribe to people, uh, become their fan. You can pay money.
1: Like Twitter on or a, Tumblr. On a can...
0: regular basis yeah. to, to see, to interact with them on some level, like there's like messaging and stuff, um, but mostly to see uh, nude photos of them, nude videos of them, and or, but usually and, uh, videos and photos of them like engaging in sexual activity. Um, no, not everybody does it. And recently there's been this whole thing where, you know, like, like Cardi B has like an OnlyFans and it's like, she's not using it to like be nude because she's Cardi B and she doesn't need to do that. Uh, but anyhow, but, but, uh, Bella Thorne has one and it's like, it's like cleavage or whatever. It's like soft core basically, you know, not even soft core. Um, so, but, but to be real, but to be very clear, like if you're a, sex worker or a performer um particularly during the pandemic only fans became a place where you could create you know it's like patreon but specifically geared towards like video and photos and sort of interacting with this community of people who like you and what you do and it's like you know sex stuff right which everybody likes and is interested in which is very common and, and normal there was
1: a lot of <laughs> the stigmatizing happening because like a lot of the creators that people like twitch streamers youtubers Drag race girls, uh, former influencer types, would turn to OnlyFans because they didn't have shame about their sexuality, and they were like, yeah. "I can make a bunch of money." And, yeah, and it's like that helped open up a conversation of like, sex work is work; it's employable. It should be if we can make it safer. That's great because it yeah, is
0: work. and. And, and OnlyFans, interestingly, is a place, you know, there's obviously huge concern on the internet about child pornography and and abuse, and, you know, the porn industry is rampant with, like, of horrible, horrible abuse. Uh, but and this OnlyFans, is place where-
1: OnlyFans, similar to its competitors, like Just For Fans and a couple other places, verified your ID it would say, right. we know for a fact that this is an adult. We know who it is, and they are responsible for anything that gets posted here. We have reporting mechanisms, so in case yeah. we see something that we it's, don't— it's
0: literally, it's literally like having a system of of verification and checks for sex work, which is really something you want. Like, in countries something where— we should have. In countries where sex work is legal, like, if you want to accept money to, ha- you know, have a sexual encounter with somebody, there are places where that's legal— they have government systems that, like you know, you have to like register. You have to like you know, people are. Tra- it's not like just a random thing. That
1: there's no human trafficking going on. Right. No there's no human trafficking.
0: There's 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 you know there's STD tests. There's all sorts of things that you have to do. Anyhow, the point is like it's as close as anything that we have in America to being able to verify that hey, I'm watching a person. I'm interested in them, and they're not fucking twelve. You know, like they're an adult and they can do this, and they're making a choice, and it's them making the choice not some other person they're not being trafficked or whatever and
1: they're not making this choice in the seediest most unsafe corners of the world they're at their home and they're making it in a part of the internet that they can have users they don't want blocked they can right. cut anything off at any point they can delete their own posts they're perfectly i mean not everybody it's not a perfect system nothing's like magic but they're yeah. they're perfectly they're perfectly able to control the environment if that's the option that they want to take and you can have sex with someone like your partner or whoever and you can monetize it if that's something you're interested in and if anything this is the most ideal version of sex work imaginable for the people who hate sex work
0: and it's and it's also like yes i mean i you know personally i think like you should be able to do what you want to do with your body full stop uh if you're an adult you know Mm -hmm. and uh, whether that means, you know, having sex with people and getting paid for it, or doing an OnlyFans thing and making money on it—like whatever—I mean, as long as you're safe and they're safe, and there's some like structure around that, it's like it's—I who cares? The th- point is, wh- what's interesting about like OnlyFans and what is true about the internet and humanity is that we are all very interested in sex. People are fucking horny all the time. They're gonna do it people, either way. People love having sex. People like looking at people having sex. People are very interested in other naked people and the things that they do with their bodies. Like this is like, it literally is, uh, the basis for all life on earth and everybody's interested in it unless they're just, you could be asexual. (laughs) Okay, fine. You can be asexual, but I'm just saying like, it's a, that's a rounding error percentage of the overall population. Like most people are interested in it. And like, there's a reason why I don't know where Pornhub ranks in certain, the most search sites, but it's pretty goddamn high, you know? Anyhow OnlyFans has this business they've built they've built this business. They've made it huge on the work of sex workers, of people who do both like, you know, quote unquote tasteful nudes and people who do a lot of people who do explicit uh sexual content, you know? And and I don't know the percentage but I would guess that most of the money is going to creators on OnlyFans who are doing uh more explicit sexual content. I'm sure I'm sure if you did the if you ran the numbers it's not just like I posted a tasteful nude, you know, top only or whatever or my butt and like those people are getting the maximum amount of dollars. At any rate, um OnlyFans the other day was like we're uh banning explicit sexual content. First they put out a statement and they were like they put out a statement to the press in a very confusing way that was like we're going to ban explicit sexual content but we'll still allow nude photos the steam store
1: to ban video games we will still allow in visual novels (laughs) yeah it it was
0: like uh what what do you guys consider a nude photo like what you know it's like and 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 so we had a couple of days we wrote the story bloomberg had the story we wrote uh, uh we wrote a story up on it Um, We did some follow-up stuff. We talked to some creators. I mean, people were losing their shit. In the early days of this, so so right off the bat, OnlyFans says, they put a statement out to us, to other publications. They're like, we're going to ban sexually explicit content. We write a story on it. Uh, Immediately, there's like this crazy misinformation that starts running through the OnlyFans community where people are like, this isn't happening. This is a lie. This is bullshit. This story's made up. But like literally, we have a statement from the company itself. It's like, yeah, we're doing this, right? We go back to them. We're like, hey, there's some Twitter account that's tweeting that seems to be associated with you. They're like, that's not our Twitter account. It's like, okay, it was at some it point. Is. It was, it, it is somehow was associated, but now they're like, it isn't associated. But there's all this crazy misinformation. People are literally like badgering editors at input. They're like, uh, you're a liar, you're making this up. And we're like, no, like this is an actual statement. Then like a day later, maybe two days later, they release the new their new terms of service or their new um, acceptable use policy. And it's like very, very clear. It's like you know, it's no sex. It's like no insinuation of sex. No holes,
1: no poles, no, no nips, no
0: slips. Yeah, yeah. It's like no bodily fluids. No. It's just like very clear. It's like okay, so like tasteful nudes, meaning you know, a butt, a butt, or maybe a little bit of a nipple somewhere or whatever it is. You know, basically so like, Miley
1: uh, Cyrus promo materials.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, Miley Cyrus has done some fairly. Like full on like nude stuff. I mean, she did some stuff. I think with Terry Richardson for a magazine that was like, all right, fully you're you're remembering this too specifically. Keep going. all right. <laughs> no, listen. I track all. I track all uh, celebrity nudity. Oh. I celeb celebnudes.net is my. It's <laughs> actually my homepage. Um. No, but like anyhow, she's actually a bad example. was all I'm saying. Yeah, I, yeah, think no, she's no, actually, I know. I'm
1: just joking. Yeah.
0: But um. But uh. No, look. I don't care. I openly admit. I'm I'm checking out all of Miley Cyrus's porn. But <laughs> the the so then people are like, oh, fuck, it's real. And then it's like this, like, absolute bedlam. People are like, oh, it's real. Like, this is – and it's clear to everybody that this is their business. You know, this is their business. And basically what they said is and what the story was is that MasterCard and Visa or whatever, these payment processors are like, we don't we don't want to take – we don't want to work with We don't uh, want
1: your dirty sex money.
0: Yeah, we don't want your sex money. I mean to get, like, down to the root of this thing is, like, MasterCard's, like – we don't want to be associated Listen, you
1: with. can buy a gun from walmart but we're not selling you know tasteful yeah. nudes come well, on i mean i was
0: i was talking about this with somebody and i was just saying like the i mean we've talked about this in the podcast a lot but the american uh puritan what's that well the puritan the, the puritanical stuff but also <clears throat> our frame of what is acceptable and what isn't is just so weird. Oh, my God. It is, God. So, it is oh. so weird. Like, like we're like breasts are bad to show. But if you want to show somebody like being like murdered by getting a shotgun blast to the head, we'll show like every part of that. That's no problem. And it's like there is something inherently wrong, in my opinion, with this this dichotomy this the way we break it down it's like extreme violence marvel movies show
1: extreme violence and we've never seen those characters have sex with each
0: other extreme violence is more acceptable in, in american to american the american public than um than than showing true human sexuality or pleasure which is like I mean I think it gets to the root of so many things that are wrong with this country. Yes, it's like based in this puritanical um evangelical sort of like uh uh framing and 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 you know drapery, but it is like I think there's something really wrong with us that that's what that those are that those are the things we feel are acceptable and unacceptable. I think there's something really wrong with us that we think that nudity is weird or bad, that bodies are embarrassing or need to be covered. I mean, I know this is I know this is like, you know, uh uh freshman year college, you know, midnight chat material, but like it is it does get to the to heart the heart of an issue like this, which is here's people who are adults making decisions about what they want to do with their bodies and other adults making decisions about whether they want to see that or not. And, and, and are in a fucking payment processor is like, no, we don't like that. It's like, no, we're, we don't want to be a part of that. And therefore the entire thing can be blown up. And I just think like these, this, all of this together is a really nice little microcosm of, of what is, of where we have problems in this country. It's like, Yes, the violence thing, yes, the sex thing, but also that the payment that the master that MasterCard gets to make a call about what you can and can't pay for, right? That like there is no system where you have like actual freedom to do what with your money, what you want. You know, it I don't want to go into like crypto psycho conversation here, but it does speak to perhaps the need for a different monetary system where we're not at the at the at the whims of this like corporate entity that has nothing to do with our lives that has nothing to do with humanity so so you've got the situation where they're like pressured by their payment processors to say we don't want you to have this explicit content or we don't want to be uh uh we don't want to be in the same you know sphere or conversation so they're like okay we're going to pull the rug out from all of our creators and our actual fucking business and we're going to try to pivot to whatever this only fans would be where it doesn't have the main feature that is the reason why everybody uses it in the it first place it would be place. like
1: patreon with no features
0: it's like steam like you said it's like steam with no games it's netflix with no uh movies and tv it's like or it's like you know there's like a christian netflix yeah uh Price, i forget what Christ it's called i uh, No, it's pure something netflix. like pure Flix. it's like you know movies that I assume have no stakes and no nudity and no like nothing good in them because they it's they're like, like
1: sitcoms made at someone's house I mean they're probably full like of violence
0: actually you know but anyhow it's like it would be like that's what Netflix is now so needless to say within 24 hours of like the I've made I think it was about 24 hours may have been 48 only fans reverse reverses course right they're like actually we figured this out we're going to continue to allow uh, hardcore well, por- they said, por- pornography.
1: They, they said it in such a weird way, too. They were like, we're putting a pause on that decision.
0: Yeah. They're like, hold on. I want to find the exact statement. Uh, hold on. Oh, I guess I could just go to Input That's and check website. it out. It's a great website. Inputmag.com. Um. Anyhow, hold on. Let me find uh Let me find our stories. Yeah. They were like, here's what they said. They said... Thank you uh, to everyone for making your voices heard. Yeah, like I'm sure you guys were really psyched on on the way everybody was making their voices heard. We have secured assurances necessary to support our diverse creator community and have suspended the planned October one policy change. OnlyFans stands for inclusion. We will continue to provide a home for all creators. It's very vague, I will say. Uh but it's it it does it is kind of like they're like, wow, we just torpedoed our entire business. And for what <laughs> You know, maybe it took this this outrage, maybe it took this huge public backlash, to convince their payment processors or whoever it is they had to convince that they needed to stick with you know what they had been doing. But um, it it is also like what a what a bad what bad form in terms of communication with like both the press and your audiences about how you will do this. I mean, if it had been, if truly, they truly wanted to retain the explicit sexual content on OnlyFans, you would have thought maybe they would release a slightly different statement. Their original statement was like, um, we're banning this on October 1st. Like, just very vague and very straightforward. They weren't like, we are we've encountered an issue we're working through it we don't want to do this but if all else fails like there were ways to message this where this didn't have to happen where it didn't have to be like this absolute freak out but um you know it gets it gets to the kind of heart of 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 how much we are people now i mean how important the internet is to people's livelihoods i know that sounds like a little bit basic I wrote this thing at the beginning of the of the pandemic this this essay called thank God for the internet and it was like m- it was after a couple of weeks or months of of like you know Zelda doing zoom school and us doing like zoom meetings and all this stuff and it was like just me reflected on the idea that um you know what the fuck would be happening to us right now if we didn't have the internet and how would we stay sane I mean uh you know this is a different this is just a different kind of pandemic than people imagined I think we've lived for a long time imagining zombies or some kind of disease that you know kills you within 15 minutes or whatever the you know whatever the the versions of it we've seen in film and television what we what nobody planned for was okay you can actually be safe and protected from this it's just you have to never leave your house and that Without the internet would be nightmarish, I think, you know? I think it's given us a way to stay connected to to things and people that otherwise would have been impossible. But what um, what a clear indicator. I mean, think about it. Here, you have an entire community of creators, an entire class of creators, really, that are reliant on a service that they have no control over, you know? There's no independence here because if OnlyFans tomorrow says, "Actually, whoops, we screwed up again," that livelihood and that way of making money is gone. And like you see, all these people, these these sort of flippant, you know, t- to reply guys on Twitter who are like, "Time to learn how to," "Time to go back to waitressing," or "Time to do this," or whatever kind of bullshit they say. And it's like, actually, you know, what's fucking amazing is people don't have to uh, waitress because they can do this if they choose to, and it works for them. And that's like. An amazing thing that the internet has provided—that's like a service to both the receiver of the content and the person creating the content, from what I can tell. Um, but, but it's at the, it's under the control of an, an entity that that ultimately, you know, the creators have no say in. And like it does, it does raise interesting questions about, um, you know, about like how we should how we should consider these services and what they really mean and like what kind of regulation we should have. I mean, when if you know, if a service is essentially um, you know, if it is like if it is the the vehicle that creates jobs in this country, what how do we how do we regulate that? How do we make sure it can't just pull the rug out from the you know, I mean it's like McDo- about- it's like McDonald's coming. It's like somebody going into a McDonald's one day and going, hey guys, we don't serve food anymore.
1: I mean, this is about, (laughs) you know, this comes down to Uber. I mean, it comes down to all these things that we were like, oh, it's just an app that people pay you through. It's not a job. It's and that's bullshit because it is going to end up being YouTube is people's job. And. We need to sit down and say, like, what are the baseline rules? Like, a normal job, there are basic rules of how you can treat workers. We are not doing that with these because we're like, they're not real jobs. It's like, yeah, yeah, but they are, though. And I don't care that they didn't look like real jobs and that they didn't say they were real jobs. They're real jobs that people are working full time. And there needs to be basic regulations in place of how people get treated and, like, what you can and can't do to an employee. It, yeah. Just, I mean, I,
0: I mean, they're not, I mean, it, it, it's a fine line, right? Because you want people to be able to have the independence to kind of run their part of that business the way they want to run it. That's part of the charm of OnlyFans, right? It's like you're not on a schedule. You don't punch a clock. You're not like, you don't have a boss who's like, hey, here's what must be done. Um, you get to sort of set your own level of engagement. But it's like if the entire business changes overnight out from under you, you know, that's like, there has to be some checks on this because I think that we're moving towards a society and a reality where it's not like, I mean, to your point, it's like, you know, if people, it doesn't look like jobs to people like that's their problem, (laughs) you know? It's like lots of things don't look like jobs, but are. And the further we get away from this sort of economy of manufacturing and service, and the more there's automation, and the more that these things are distributed, and the more that they're globalized, which is like you can't really put back in the box exactly. Um, the more there's going to be, and and the more there are things like this, like OnlyFans or YouTube or whatever. There is commerce there. There is a way of making money. There is a way of uh, of of a the the receiver of the content to get something out of it, the creator of the content to get something out of it, the company that hosts the content to get something out of it, the people who, if it's an advertising based business, the advertisers to get something out of it. There is an exchange across all of those, There is, uh, it's an actual act of commerce and an actual job but and so this how is do we... why
1: people should be, have listened to delivery workers and Uber drivers and all the non-glamorous things. People should have been paying attention. And you, this is why you should. And, I, you know, I'm going to get up on my soapbox where I live. And here it
0: goes. Here, here you go. You,
1: this is why you need to support unions even if you are not in that industry. Or if even if you look at the industry and you're like, well, I don't know if they need it. It's McDonald's. Just shut the fuck up. Just, like, you have more in common with Uber drivers. And your day-to-day life and your career, if you make less than ten million dollars, or if you have less than ten million dollars in the bank, you have more <laughs> in common with OnlyFans creators and YouTubers and delivery people than you do with the people who own those companies. So why are you keeping for them? Like I Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm in the middle of our WGA East drama. Um, and so I'm I'm on my soapbox continually, but
0: Yeah, I mean, but I agree. I mean, listen, there's there's I mean, I'll I'll just, I'm not gonna, I wanna, we're gonna get into a long union conversation here. I will say, (laughs) I like, I am, you know, I have come from a family of like absolute socialists. I've talked about this before. And so, you know, I'm sort of like, it's in my blood to support all, you know, uh, organizing, uh, particularly around labor. Um, But, uh, I mean, historically, my family has been actually very involved in that. And so, like, I'm like, okay, I, I have like a history of like, I've talked to like old relatives about it and like, you know obviously like it was something that in for a lot of jews particularly jews who immigrated to america uh in the, you know early 1900s there was a lot of organizing going on here um by them and so it's like kind it is kind of like in our blood in a lot of ways but but <laughs> i was like the other day i was you know reading about like um the new york teachers union like would not mandate vaccines for their employees and i'm like what like, what the fuck is that? Like, I, I will say, you know, it's good to have collective bargaining. Who would bargaining. you, rather, good argue
1: have... would you <laughs> rather argue with? would you rather argue with? You know, I would you rather argue with uh, capitalist hundred millionaire CEOs, or would you rather argue with a bunch of unions, union members, and teachers who are misguided? I would no, much I, rather I, talk I, yeah. to a misguided group of regular people. I, I, yes,
0: I definitely would rather discuss like these things with with groups of people who actually are like human beings and not you know some living on like a not seasteading or whatever. Um, but but. Uh Yes. Anyhow, so the point is, yes, like on the union piece, but also more broadly on this like structural piece, which is like, what is, um, you know, what is the, what is the new, what is the new, what does the new world, the new job market look like? What does the new, what are careers now? You know they're different. I mean they're just different. And by the way, um, by the way, uh, we, you know, there is, there's just such a, there's just such a huge opportunity here, I think, to reframe how we think about this stuff and reframe like what this is to, um, to the next generation. And and the reality is like, you know, we we have I have teams that I, you know, that I work with at this business and and they have been exceedingly productive in a situation where, um, you know, exceedingly productive in a situation where like without this structural thing in place of the internet and Slack and the ability to work online and create online, like this just never would have happened, you know, but like it's people are, people do this. This is how we live now. When will reality or when will, you know, uh, our reality catch up with the, rea- the, co- the reality of commerce is the big question. And like, I don't I don't have the answer to that, but what I do know is something has changed. Something is, you can't put it back in the box. Everybody talks about this now with the pandemic. They're like, it's never gonna go back to the way it was. And I think that's true. Like businesses aren't gonna go back to the way they were. I think, you know, yes, people will return to offices, but it's not gonna be the way it was. A lot of people have realized that you can do the things that you do completely online. And actually, you know how many, Like we've launched so many new parts of the business just talking about BDG and obviously our side of it, you know, uh, we've built so much new stuff in this period of time. And like, for me, I've always like, ever since the Engadget days, we've always been very online. Obviously we're like nerds, you know, we've always worked very online. We've always been like, okay, we have people in like Amsterdam and people in Iowa. And like, not everybody's going to be in the office, but now I think everybody sees the reality, which is like, (laughs) I mean, think about the office space. Think about the sheer, Uh, square footage that has been utilized for these boxes that like probably like 50 percent if or more of the people who are sitting in those boxes don't actually need to be there yeah pay
1: the money to the people who are just sitting at their computers at home anyway let us all get nicer houses like seriously i mean like like just the rent alone
0: should be should be able to offset all kinds of stuff You know, Mm -hmm. so it's a really interesting change. I mean, obviously, we're talking about OnlyFans, but like backing out from that to a lot of other stuff. It's like, um, you know, I mean, it's part
1: of the conversation that's like, really needs to happen and is happening of like, people keep saying that there's labor shortages, but not that there's wage shortages, whereas, like, you know, people don't, people don't want to work. At an $8 hour 8 an hour job where they're being yeah. abused and their life is on the line, people don't want to take that job. And you, if you're not going to compensate them or make it worth somebody's while, there's a breaking point where people are like, fuck it, fuck it. Yeah. My life is going I to mean, suck I, either I,
0: way. I've heard all these old people. I have a lot of like all of the elderly people in my life are like, oh, they, I, every time I go to into a restaurant, they're like, we can't get anybody to work here. They're all collecting their stimulus checks. And I'm like, no, actually, you know what they did? They're like, wait, I've been working at this shithole where I get paid badly and treated badly. And now I have to, like, figure something else out because they fucking uh, laid us off at the beginning of this thing. And I can either and go
1: backwards and undo all the figuring out I did in order to put my life online for $8 an hour, which isn't yeah, worth what le- it was or worth. Or less. Which isn't worth what it was worth right. back when these old people experienced it. Yeah. And, and, and I think a lot of those people are like, you know what? I'm going to do fucking DoorDash
0: or I'm going to do OnlyFans or I'm going to go, there are all these like new distributed opportunities or they went and just said, oh, you know what? I fucking completed my, you know, uh, maybe I completed like this course that I needed to complete and I can go get a different job. It's like, I think that a lot of people were like, I'm not going to go back to being a fucking waiter at this restaurant that sucks being treated like shit by people, especially when it's like putting my health at risk in the middle of a pandemic. And like, they think it's so funny to me. It's like, people think people were like, oh yeah, I'm just collecting my stimulus check. It's like, dude, it wasn't that much money. It's not that much money. It's not enough money for people to live on. Okay? People need jobs. And also, every study has shown, even if you give people enough money to live on, they like to work. People want to be useful. People enjoy working if they find a job that is satisfying to them. You know, I'm not saying every job is But even is great. if
1: you don't, if you want to be a stay-at-home parent, that should be an option available to you. If someone in your house, I mean, I, I, I'm i not sitting here saying that it needs to be one way or the other, but I, I will say if someone in your house is working and one of the parents wants to stay home and help raise the kids, that I think that's a good thing that that's possible. I, I it, it, like It's really weird to me to be like, well, let's make it harder on the people who are suffering so that you wouldn't want to be in that group as opposed to we have all this excess why not make it so that people don't feel like suffering and not working is just the exact same life as being abused and working like if it's the net same let's make their the people who these entry-level jobs a little sweeter and a little more livable so people might want to actually do them. I, it's just, it's bizarre to me. I, it, it all feels so backward. And yet we're hearing these complaints from people who were raised by stay at home parents and whose $8 an hour was really worth $20 in buying power. And like, I have to hear, and college cost them $5,000 for the entire run of school, including books and housing. And it's like, you know, I don't really care about your opinion on this. I really don't want to hear about it because I have hundreds of thousands of dollars in student debt that I've had to pay off. And I've never been paid like an amazing wage and I've never um I've never been able to stay home or or start a family. Like I, I you know, John and I are having serious discussions about if that will ever be possible for us financially, if we will ever be able to have children. And yet I have to hear about from these old people that I refuse to have kids because I'm selfish and self-involved, that I don't want to work, that I'm not grateful, that I made the choice to go to college when I was 17. Like these insane all of society is, is 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 covid was like a targeted strike for all the things that were about to snap in america and they're all snapping and people are sitting around either pretending that it's not happening or mad at the people who are mad as hell and can't take it anymore you know and i i, I i'm just i'm sick of i'm sick of hearing people be divided where it's like well only fans you know well that's prostitutes which by the way offensive word they're sex workers but right to hear that kind of rhetoric it's like yeah. i have way more in common with people on only fans than i do with you so why mm. don't you shut the fuck up
0: i mean i'm thinking about doing an only fans uh you know and i feel like i could make at least
1: i think a lot of 15 Tonys 20
0: a month i think i could do 25 bucks a month you no know, problem like
1: i think a lot of subscribers would support i'm not sure they would watch the content but yeah
0: <laughs> i mean what if i just what if I just pivoted to just fucking getting my dick out? I mean, maybe this is maybe this is where I need to go. Yeah. Maybe this is the future for me. The future you know?
1: for everyone is
0: just whip it out.
1: Is uh, fuck fucking on it. camera. We'll just be a whip nation. We'll be a nation of cam models.
0: You know what? I I, I support it. I, support I, I honestly it. I think do. <laughs> I think anything. I think anything that gets everybody. Um. Food. Anything that – no, but anything that also gets anybody off of this, like, weird shit about sex, like –
1: Yeah.
0: You know, like, it's – we're all such broken, weird people because, I mean, the sex stuff is so – it's so, like, uh, base level, like, will break your brain if you don't have some healthy attitude about it. I'm trying to think if there's anything else worth talking about right now. And this is, like – I will say I'm out of practice. I – I – it's like there's so much that I thought I wanted to talk about, and then we got like we went down rabbit holes. There's so
1: much. I mean, we were gone for so long. There's so many things to talk about. So I much, guess we'll just have so to do much. it again in a week.
0: I feel like there's things that I oh 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 I have to talk about this. We we there we go on vacation to the same place every year, and they have this great toy store there. And we went to the toy store and on the on. The, there's a sign on the toy store that was like, uh, "Pokemon cards available here." Now apparently, Pokemon cards have, it's become a very hot market. Everybody's collecting them and trading them and selling They're them. They're not and, carrying
1: I mean, them at Target because physical fights kept breaking. Right. Like people up. are
0: like fighting over them. Uh we wrote a great story about this guy, the Pokemon King, who like has like the most valuable collection in the world. I sort of like was aware of, you know, I don't I don't Pokemon is like I wasn't my generation. You missed like it. I missed it. It was your generation, I believe. Yeah. Yes. You know, you're like, I'm a little bit older, and so I missed that whole phenomenon. Like, I'm obviously very aware of it. It just wasn't a thing for me. It's like Harry Potter. You I were think like Harry Potter,
1: 22, and that's not really the yeah, time. Yeah, I think when Harry
0: Potter and Pokemon were like sort of this these game phenomena game, so. that happened at the same time. Sorry, I didn't mean to totally talk over you. But, no, it's true. Um, anyhow, so I kind of was like, oh, hey, they have Pokemon cards. I mean, Zelda has like one of the games. She had – um. Uh, let's go Pikachu or whatever for her Switch. And we've played it a bit and she was into it, but not like, yes, fully into it. Um, I was like, oh, they have Pokemon cards here. Like maybe we'll get some. Just sort of not really, I don't really know about the Pokemon card game. I don't. I didn't know anything about it. I was like, oh, it'd be fun to buy some cards. You know, we're on vacation. We'll just get some cards to like look at, right? It's like 10 cards to a pack or something. Um, So we bought them. We bought a couple packs and then we started looking at them and I was like – and Zelda was sort of like, what, like, this is a card game, right? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, but we don't have enough cards to play. And so we we went back and we bought enough cards. We bought like a package of like a starter pack, which we had already purchased. I had already purchased apparently months previously for some reason thinking maybe we'd do this and totally forgot about it. But, but I didn't have it on vacation. So we went back to the store and we bought a starter pack and we learned how to play Pokemon the card game, which is – both incredibly simple but highly complex and it took us like a full day of like trying to figure out like how it's played I I'm pretty sure I went into the input uh slack at you some did. point it was like does does anybody here know how to play the fucking pokemon and card every game everyone
1: of the pokemon <laughs> generation was like no we just collect the cards
0: <laughs> yeah you're like no and which is like which is which is so depressing to me but anyhow we figured it out and we started playing and we started playing and we started playing on vacation we played a lot and 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 then now Zelda has like it has become an absolute Pokemon super fan. Yeah. She she's playing, we got Sword and Shield, she's playing, she's playing Pokemon Go. We're playing the card games and collecting cards. She uh 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 Pokemon Unite, which is a new game that came out. She's playing and loving. She literally can talk about the Pokemon and their evolutions like in a way that just sounds like she's not even speaking the same language. Yes. And she went to get school supplies yesterday and came back with, like, a Pikachu hoodie and, like, the Ace, like, the hat, the red hat that he wears. And is that his name? Ace, the guy from the show. And, like, a Pikachu that talks. And it's just, like, immersed in the world Oh, she got a Pikachu. Sorry, a Pokemon lunchbox. Anyhow, she's like completely immersed in this world, and it's fucking insane.
1: And well, I mean, imagine my parents went from Sailor Moon to Power Rangers to Harry Potter to Pokemon. They were like, I have no fucking clue what you're ever talking about.
0: Yeah, no, no, dude, it's crazy. But what's (laughs) awesome? What's awesome is because I'm a huge baby and child at heart. I'm like getting to relive the experience of getting into Pokemon. As like a full grown adult, which is really good, yeah. And I'm like, like I'm like, oh yeah, like we got to get these cards. Like, oh, you know, there's this rare card we should try to find, and like we're like, you know, obviously I've gone overboard as usual, but um, it's super fun, yeah. And also not not for nothing, but we started reading Harry Potter like a week ago, mm-hmm. and you've never seen a kid more wrapped at bedtime as we're reading it that was me uh dude no it's like it's like we're in such a good period right now i just want i guess i'm just sort of gushing about being like a father of a kid who is at the age where they are like she's now into things that i'm like oh yeah this is actually really cool you it's can like
1: nerd out together bond yeah
0: over i mean the harry potter stuff is crazy like i understand that jk rowling as a human is canceled but um the book as i was reading it to her it is like the ultimate like it, it is the it is the culmination of so many of the things that children are just fucking into. Yeah. Like, first off, she loves all orphan stories, right? Like, Matilda, fucking Annie, all these kids that she's, like, been following, like, you know, uh, uh, the girl from, you know, Rapunzel who gets, like, kidnapped. Like, there's all these stories about kids just being absolutely abused by their horrible parents, and it's, like, such a, a central point of so much kids' fiction. And, like, you know, Harry Potter is, like, and I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't read Harry Potter, uh, it's like it starts out with this like total like, oh, yeah, it's just like a classic Annie abused orphan story, and then just adds in every element that you could think of that would make it even more awesome where it's like, He's Luke Skywalker, and also he's magical, and also he's going to the school full of other magical people, and there's dragons, and there's fucking spells, and there's yeah. an evil bad guy that we don't know anything about. It's like can I-
1: It's like Power Rangers, where they were like, they're teenagers, and they're really attractive, but also they have got dinosaurs. But those dinosaurs are robots, and they're superheroes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's just piling, and they grow to enormous size like Godzilla. It's like, it's piling on the shit that kids are like, I fucking love this!
0: Can I just say... <laughs> but yeah, I mean, can I just say, Laura, so Laura read her, the book last night, we were reading at bedtime, and um, she sent this message. She, she was like, Zelda just said when she was, uh, when, when I was reading, that she wants to have a version of Harry Potter printed where it's all the same except for the end, and the end will reveal that Dumbledore is Voldemort. Oh, better book. She, <laughs> she's like, she's like, keep in mind, she doesn't know that happens. She doesn't know what happens. She's only at the part where they arrive at the school. And then she woke up today.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And she was like, I came up with a title for the book. It's Harry Potter and the Revealance of Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs> Which, obviously, Revealance, not a word, but she's seven, so
1: cut her some slack. And honestly, like... Oh, listen, J.K. Rowling made up a lot of words and not just the magical gobbledygook. There was a lot know, of uh, interesting prose towards those later books.
0: I uh, but I gotta say it's a pretty good idea I mean it's a pretty good twist it is I don't I don't think that's what happens I haven't read or all of them or seen all of the movies but it's a if it did happen it would be a pretty sick twist I think yeah. her brain is insane anyhow it's it's a lot of fun I recommend having a having a kid I gotta tell you it's both it's both uh having a child is both like the greatest thing in the world and also makes you more worried about everything like times a hundred yeah it's like it's like and now I'm like oh yeah climate change is ruining my life. But you know whose life it's really going to ruin? My daughter's. <laughs> it's like it's like everything is like that. Anyhow, we should probably wrap up. We've been going for a while. Well, and, is
1: that your nice thing, Harry Potter? Oh,
0: my God. Was that my nice Pokemon? thing? I don't know. I have so many nice things, Ryan, to talk about. Pokey there's so Potter? many things. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that's that's really nice. Mm. Oh, my God. You know what we didn't talk about is cyberpunk.
1: Oh, yeah. You're all high which, and mighty on that. Which cyberpunk.
0: is like – like, I feel like we oh, we were almost going to do a show – because, like, I was talking about how it's, like, become, to yeah. me, like, is such an unbelievable, like, the greatest game I've ever played I, in my I, I, life.
1: I, I'm sorry. I don't see it. I'm trying so you hard. You got to get,
0: you got to go, you got to go deep. You got to go far. You got to keep, you got to play every, I'm literally playing every fucking side story, every mission, everything I can do. And I got to tell you, I just got a whole storyline. I played the game for 90 fucking hours so far. I just got a whole new plot point, a part of the main, really the main story that I had never seen before. It's actually kind of crazy.
1: I just, I don't know. Like, I don't vibe with the game.
0: Yeah, I mean, there are some things that are definitely turn-offs. But, but I don't know. I keep going back to it. It's a really, it's a, something I've never done before. I've played a lot of games that have a lot of, like, DLC and, like, additional content. You can keep playing after you beat it. And it's really never been one
1: I mean, I say
0: Fallout Three is probably the the game Mass that I think Effect, of. That I went
1: Dragon Age, The Witcher. Yeah, they sucked see, you know, I me done, in. This hasn't yeah, sucked see, I me in. I
0: haven't. I haven't been. That's like this is that for me. Okay. The only game I can think of that's like this is is uh, Fallout Three and maybe like Dead Cells. Um, you know, Dead Cells is the game that I went back to over and over and over again. Uh, but anyhow, yeah, I don't know, man.
1: My nice thing is, um, uh, if you're going to watch Drag Race, don't listen to this. If you are going to watch Drag Race, don't listen to this. I am now in the clear. Um, on All-Star 6 um, of Drag Race, which is where competitors return from older seasons, but they're the most beloved competitors or people who've really impressed in the real world, they come back mm. and they recompete. And they can get in the Hall of Fame, which is not the same as winning a season, but it's close. Uh, you get all the same prizes. It's just a distinction within the community. Um, however... This there's always a twist. And every All-Stars, there's a twist. Sometimes they're good. Sometimes they're bad. One time they put everybody on teams of two for the entire competition. And it was horrible because the worst team member dragged the best team members down. And so it was like, we're not really getting the answer of who's the best here. Um, Other years they've had everybody vote on who wins or, um, and now they're voting each other out. But this year they did a thing that they called the game within a game. Every time someone was... Eliminated. They were asked if they wanted to play another game. But we weren't told what it was until the most recent episode. Um, actually, last week's episode because a new one came out today. Um, in last week's episode, we got to watch footage behind the scenes from the entire competition that we've been watching of... Every time a queen got knocked out, they would lip sync against the last queen who was knocked out and whoever won would move on to the next round and the next queen who got knocked out would lip sync. And this has been secretly going on behind the scenes. And whoever wins that long competition, like the, lo- the, the f- earlier you were eliminated, the more people you have to knock out, but you still have a chance to get it to the end. Whoever wins gets reinserted at the very end for the semifinals of the competition and nobody knows this. So Mm. we finally got to watch it along with the competitors who had made it there the traditional route. Um, And there is one performer named Silky Nutmeg Ganache who is the most – who is just hated. Like the Drag Race fandom hated this person for being obnoxious, for being – for fighting with people that they liked, for uh, being too loud, for bothering celebrity guest judges. Like there was a a lot of reasons that people didn't like her, mostly because she's black and fat. If she wasn't, people would have liked all those things about her. In any event – she comes on and knocks out six or seven different competitors in a row, like lip syncing her way directly to the crown because she realized after her first lip sync, oh, I've got a whole week to prepare. So she started making props out of stuff she could find in her hotel room, things she could pull from random locations, like on her way to and from isolation. And came up with storylines and gags and special effects, just using the shit around her in order to win these lip syncs. Cause she wanted to get back into the competition. So for the whole episode, you watch this person slowly like put together that they have to do this, but then, Desperately try at every turn to have a gag, a twist. At one point, she took two of her looks that was an all male look and an all female look and put them together for a Barbie girl lip sync during which every time the voice switched from the man to the woman, she turned around or rolled or whatever. And it made the weirdest, craziest performance. Anyway, it was very inspiring. It was very cool to see someone against all odds come back. It's crazy that this has been happening while we we're watching. All these competitors use like thousand dollar outfits and like, uh, you know, uh, teams of designers help them with all of their looks and they've got to plan all this stuff. And this person's just like from the seat of her pants, lip syncing her way through this whole thing, coming up with all these gags. And it was really impressive. It was really cool. And this week we'll now get to watch um, possibly her redoing the competition, the last Lip sync we didn't get the result for, so we'll see today. But I just want to say it was delightful. It was heartwarming. It was something I really desperately needed. It Something about being like in this pandemic, and I watched it when I was in Indiana caring for my sick grandmother. Um, it was just like, you can be at your lowest, but if you have a sense of fun and you work really hard and you care about your art, you can still do something that's impressive. It's not necessarily means she's going to win the whole thing. It doesn't mean like, it was all worthwhile because she'll make money on it. Like, she's doing this just for the glory of it. And it was like, oh, like, creators will create and things can go on. And I, I don't know. It was very inspiring to me. So I want to say thank you to Silky Nutmeg Ganache. Thank you to the entire Drag Race family. Um, you're an evil capitalist organization, <laughs> but you gave me a moment of joy. Um, and, God, I love that television show. And you know what? I'm going to say it right here. I think I might win it one day. Wow.
0: So, I, well, I mean, listen, I encourage to say it. Never. i never. Said- I support it. I will be there cheering you on. Is there an audience? I've never watched the show. There
1: is not. Oh well, yes, there is a grand finale audience usually, but not during COVID times.
0: I'll be there.
1: All right. I'll get you a ticket. I'll
0: be at that as long as it's uh, but a. required. Vac- congratulations to Silky and congratulations to,
1: to to RuPaul for making money on the back of all these girls.
0: So. <laughs> I'm gonna do I'm gonna do one more quick, nice thing and then we do you know, good thing. Was it then good thing? It. Nice, nice thing? Nice thing. Nice thing, whatever. <laughs> uh we relaunched Gonker. Oh yeah. We should say, we, Leah Finnegan is the editor in chief of The New Gawker, and there's a ton of amazing people there uh, working with her. Leah, as you know, is the executive editor of The Outline. Um, and I'm very, you know, I'm psyched to have worked on this with her and to have been a part of it. But, like, you know, she has just done an incredible job at like reviving something and also making it not the thing that it was and something new and a better version of, or a different version of, you know, it's better is like, it's subjective, but like, I love what it is now. And it's just like, come back. No, it's like, it's like, I think the thing about Gawker is like, there's so much, there was so much drama about like, could you do it? Should you do it? Would you do it? What would it be? What is it? It's like Gawker actually, as we went through, I spent like months and months going through Gawker archives and going like, what, is what was gawker. What was it? Like and what's true is that at every every new editor brought some new gawker to it. Every group of writers was like a whole different gawker, you know? And like there's a gawker that was like posting revenge porn. And like there was which was bad. And there's a gawker that was doing incredible political commentary, which was better. And there's a gawker that was doing unbelievable like feature writing like uh uh you know that like you would be like, now I think you'd be like, this was Gawker? Because people think they have this idea. Mostly they have an idea in their head of what it was. But everybody has their kind of own idea of it, you know? And so It's like Saturday I just,
1: Night Live. It was different yeah. in different eras. And everybody thinks that their era was the most important or influential. But, yeah. in fact, they're all important and influential. And it has had better and worse seasons. But it's worth putting the effort in to make it good (laughs) like it's it's an institution that is worth existing and i'm so happy that i get to read gawker again the day that it showed up in my rss reader i was like the only thing that could make this better is if google relaunched google reader and i could just truly live my blissful perfect life again
0: yeah I mean, honestly, it's very good and very funny, and everybody should read it and follow it and and engage with it. Um, and it's like it's smart and weird and funny and I think provocative in all the ways that it should be. And I'm just very glad that we got did it. I think there was a lot of turbulence in previous iterations, attempts, uh, and like I feel like we Leah built something, has built something really great and interesting, and I'm excited about it. And it's brand new. Uh, and it's like a new part of our part of this company, BDG. I run this part of the company called the culture and innovation, uh, portfolio, which is input, obviously and inverse.com and Mike, uh, and, uh, and now Gawker only good and websites, only good websites. And, and only, and I I'm excited. There's a lot of new stuff happening that you guys are going to see. I don't want to like, Spoil any surprises, but there's a lot of new things happening in our universe, and I'm very excited about it. And
1: we're relaunching um, Spy Magazine. I'm just
0: kidding. <laughs> so, oh my God! You never know, man. You never know. We have W is in the fold in the BDG That's fold true. now, so anything's possible. I don't think we're going to relaunch. Spy, Ryan
1: Houlihan, the editor in chief of Highlights Magazine. <laughs> now that I like,
0: actually, we actually just acquired a bunch of. We actually just acquired a bunch of like parenting and like uh, kids focus sites. So. One day. Highlights is a kid's magazine, right?
1: Yes. It's in doctor's offices across this great country. You
0: never know. I think actually Zelda gets highlights. Anyhow, all right. We got We should wrap gotta, this up. It's gotta, like we're gotta. bordering on, on two hours. I know Tony's loving this, but uh, anyhow, all right. So so that's it.
1: We're back. That's it. We're done.
0: We're back. You don't and have now to we're g- bother
1: us anymore. If anything, no, no, comes no bother, us. And say <laughs> bother us. Thank you.
0: Bother us and review it. Listen, review it on uh, whatever podcast service that allows you to do a review. Give it five stars or four stars. I don't know what the top uh, rating is. Uh, and, uh, tell people, tell your family and friends about it because, uh, I don't know, maybe they'll, maybe they'll feel something for once in their lives. Okay. Bye. All right. Let's get out of here. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best, though I've just been informed that your family is avoiding Delta, um, but I'm pretty sure they're talking about
1: the airline.